0: To each other with our expressions that gabby was in trouble again we rule harry gave a fist pump as he exited the bathroom still buttoning up his pants you were awesome he punched me in the arm oblivious to what was going on with gabby my heart broke a little it split me thanks i said without emotion i did feel gratitude but we had other concerns at the moment where's Finny? Our manager, Vinny Mardigian, appeared as if summoned, all glad-handing and smiles. Such a dick. I really couldn't stand him, but he'd seemed confident and competent when we met. You happy? I said. We sold all our tickets at full price. Now, maybe next time we won't have to pay to play? Hello, Monica Sexy Bitch. That was his pet name for me. The guy had the personality of a landfill and the drive of a shark in bloody waters. Nice to see you, too. I got performers agency on the line. The guy's right outside. Great. I needed representation from the rinky-dink agency like I needed a hole in the head. But I was an artist, and I was supposed to take whatever the industry handed me with a smile and spread legs. Vinny, of course, couldn't shut up worth a damn. He was high on performers agency and the worldwide fame he thought they would get us. He didn't realize half a step forward was just as good as a full step back. You've got a crowd out there asking for an encore. Everybody here does their job, and everybody's happy. I listened, and sure enough, they were still clapping. And Gabby was still staring into the corner. Two. Darren took Gabby home after the encore, which she played like the crazy prodigy she was. Then she blanked out again. Her depression was ameliorated by music and brought on by just about anything, even if she was taking her meds. She'd attempted suicide two years before after a few weeks of corner staring and complaining of not being able to feel anything about anything. I'd been the one to find her in the kitchen, bleeding into the sink. That had been terrific for everyone. She took my second bedroom, and Darren moved from a roommate-infested guest house in West Hollywood to a studio a block away. We played music together because music was what we did, and because it kept Gabby sane, Darren Close, and me from screwing up. But it didn't even keep us in hot dogs. We all worked, and until I got my current gig at the rooftop bar at Hotel K, I had to give up Starbucks because I couldn't rub two nickels together to make heat. Because Spoken Not Stirred had drawn more people than the cost of our guaranteed tickets, we'd made $300 that night. 15% went to Vinny Landfillian, $68 $68 paid for Harry's parking ticket because he figured if he was loading his bass and amp, he could park in a loading zone on the Sunset Strip before six o'clock. We split the rest four ways. Hotel K was a spanking new, modernist, 30-story diamond in a one-story stucco shitpile of a neighborhood. The rooftop bar thing in L.A. had gotten out of hand. You couldn't swing a dead talent agent without hitting some new construction with a barside pool on the roof and thumping music day and night. The upside of the epidemic was that waitress service was the norm, and tall, skinny girls who could slip between name-dropping drunks while holding heavy trays over their heads without clocking anyone were an absolute necessity. The downside for someone tall and skinny like myself was my replaceability. You couldn't swing a tall, skinny girl in L.A. without hitting another one. Darren and I had taken too long discussing who would watch Gabby. He convinced her to stay at his place for the night, though convinced might not be the word to use when talking about someone who didn't care about where she slept or anything, one way or the other. I ran from the elevator to the hotel locker room, the 50 bucks I'd made for holding 100 people in the palm of my hand light in my pocket. I peeled off my jacket and stuffed it in my locker, then pulled my shirt off. I didn't have a second to spare before Yvonne, who I was relieving, started chewing me out for stranding her on the floor. I yanked a low-cut dress that showed more leg than modesty out of my bag and wrestled into it. You're late, Freddy, my manager, said. He stank of cigarettes, which I found disgusting. I'm sorry, I had a gig. I kicked off my shoes and pulled my pants off from under my dress. I had no time to worry about what Freddy thought of me. Bully for you. Freddy crossed his arms, scrunching his brown pinstripe suit. He had a mole on his cheek and wore a puckered expression even when he looked down my shirt, which was almost every time we talked. I didn't wait to argue. I slipped back into my shoes, slapped my locker shut, and ran toward the floor. Yvonne, I caught her in the back hall as she folded a wad of tips into her pocket. Monica, girl, where were you?